5: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on
1: television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And
5: me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get
4: your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show Podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We go up to New Uh to Washington, D.C. right now to the Senate Cloakroom where Senator Rand Paul, uh, as the uh, fury and chaos continues to descend on the United States Capitol surrounding the border and more, Senator Rand Paul is there with us. And Senator Paul, I know you're also... Tracking all the lies spread by Dr. Fauci and others uh, during the course of COVID. And I appreciate you giving us some time here. I wanted to ask you just right out of the top, because I think the last time I saw you was New York City when you had your new book out, which I would encourage everybody to go check out, uh, dealing with all the lies that we were told during COVID. Buck and I have discussed this a bunch. Your home state's a great example. Nobody paid a price for being wrong on COVID. Uh, and even in the state of Kentucky, which is a red state, Andy Bashir, who was wrong on virtually everything, got reelected. As someone who was right on almost everything COVID, and thank you for being right, how much does it disappoint you that almost no political figures paid a price at all for being wrong on virtually everything that mattered when it came to COVID?
6: Yeah, and you have to realize that not only was he wrong from a public opinion point of view, our governor put on mandate after mandate that was struck down by the court. The federal courts found unconstitutional his ban on travel, his ban on church, you name it. He had half a dozen edicts found unconstitutional, and you're right, he didn't pay a penalty. But I think what it shows you, at least in our race, it was about uh, pork barrel politics. He passed out a lot of money. We had two terrible disasters, and the face of the relief was the governor. And I think this is a real mistake that politicians go around with our money and act like it came from them. It didn't come from our governor. It came from the people. And I don't begrudge the fact that we get involved with emergencies, but... The governor became the face of the money, and it was as if it was his money he was bringing to the community. And I think that's how he won election. But you're right, he didn't pay much of a penalty for, you know, sending basically state agents, state police agents to a church to take down license plates. Uh, I I find that grotesque, a grotesque violation of religious freedom, uh, banning travel, a grotesque violation of freedom. And court struck him down, and you're right, he didn't pay a political penalty, which is disappointing
4: it's disappointing not only in Kentucky, but everywhere. I mean, basically every awful draconian dictator governor and or senator or representative got reelected. You are continuing to hold Dr. Fauci's feet to the fire. Um, and scarily, gain-of-function research, which you have been very foremost in, uh, in opposing, is continuing to get accelerated, and even more deadly viruses are continuing to be created. How worried are you that as bad as COVID was that we have created a world where far more dangerous uh, viruses are being created. And based on the evidence supporting that COVID got out of a Chinese lab, how worried should we all be that the next virus that escapes is going to be far more deadly?
6: Extremely worried. We have evidence, indirect evidence, that the Chinese are experimenting with Nipah virus and with Ebola virus, both of which have about a 50 percent mortality but it's even worse than you think. If you take a virus that has 50% mortality like Ebola, it spreads like AIDS through bodily fluid, so it's not easy to catch Ebola. If you mutate it and try to make it aerosolized, can you imagine if Ebola spread like COVID did with a 50% mortality We're talking about the destruction of civilization. We're talking about going to a stone age where people are fighting for every scrap of food, there's no potable water, and civilization would completely break down with a 50% mortality. That's what we're talking about, and yet we don't have significant controls on that research, not only in China, which we have limits to what we can do to China, but we we don't have sufficient controls on those experiments happening here. And the arguments you'll hear from U.S. researchers are, well, the Chinese are doing it. We need to do it. If we don't do it, the Chinese are going to do it. And we need to do this to counteract it. And the arguments aren't valid because experimenting with making Ebola or any of these dangerous viruses more potent – is not is, uh, the the knowledge that you gain from it isn't worth the risk. And this is the fundamental disagreement I had with Fauci. He said explicitly that the knowledge gained from these gain-of-function gain dangerous research, he said that the knowledge gained was worth the risk, even if a pandemic occurred. And I think the millions of people who had loved ones that they lost, I think would disagree with Anthony Fauci, and yet he was given a Medal of Freedom Honor as he left, you know?
4: Uh, Senator Rand Paul with us now there's a lot of things going on when you hear Joe Biden claim that he bears no responsibility for what's going on at the border and in fact Republicans are to blame as he said earlier this week how do you react
6: well the facts are the opposite you know he uh, got rid of he abdicated from 94 executive orders that Trump had put in place to control the border Trump had control the border objective control of the border uh, Biden voluntarily got rid of all of those orders, and the border's a mess. He also went to the Supreme Court just two weeks ago to get permission to cut down the borders that Texas is erecting. Texas is putting up uh, razor wire and cargo uh, containers as a makeshift wall, and they appear to be stopping the influx. And he went to the Supreme Court to take it down. So it's laughable for Biden to say, oh, I just need more power from Congress. He has the same power as Donald Trump had. And Donald Trump closed the border. So it's a it's a fallacious argument, and it should be laughed out of uh, public view. But the goings-on in the Senate and the Senate Republican leadership have allowed this to happen because they put forward a a border bill that isn't any good, wouldn't fix the border. And now that we've all – almost every Republican now is going to come out today and vote. Right now we're voting on the floor, vote against this. Now the Democrats are all saying, oh, we gave them a border bill, it's perfect, and they're all leaving it. It was never perfect. It's worse than the existing law, and the existing law, actually, Donald Trump used to close the border. So this fake border bill has always been a pretense for getting more money to Ukraine. Mitch McConnell's sole desire is to fund Ukraine. That's all he wants to do. It's all he cares about, and he'll do it at the expense of an elaborate ruse over the border, which turned out to be fake reform, and no conservative will end up voting for it.
3: Senator Rand Paul, uh, with us now, everybody, and Senator, on the issue of of the funding and and where it stands within that within the uh, the Congress right now, um, you know, with the, with the supplemental drama going on, what can you tell us about where that where that goes? What do you think is going to happen here with Ukraine funding, with the supplemental funding for Israel, with the border funding, all of it?
6: There's going to be a key, uh, series of key votes, and they're happening right now. The first vote is over whether or not to get onto the bill with Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel, and then also with the fake border bill that doesn't fix the border, that makes it worse. Almost every Republican is going to vote no, and they won't have enough votes to get on that bill. When that fails, Schumer is immediately going to put forward a bill minus the border uh, provisions. And my proposal, and I spoke at length at lunch today, was that we shouldn't give up on the border and that what she, we should do is counter that we're already in emergency. One of the main problems of the border bills, it says you have to get 5,000 people a day till you get to an emergency. I think the emergency is we just had 700,000 people come across illegally in the last two months. The emergency exists and we shouldn't have a trigger. The trigger should be zero. The trigger should be one person coming in illegally so I think we should counter to the Democrats with a real border bill. There's an H.R. 2 in the House, which goes a long way towards this. There are real provisions that we could put in place. But instead, our leadership, Republican leadership, is going to go along with Schumer. And here's my suspicion. All the Democrats and then about 10 of the big government Republicans, led by our Republican leadership, is going to vote to get on the next bill because they are so concerned with sending your money to Ukraine. And people need to realize It's all borrowed. We don't have any extra money. There is no rainy day fund. There's no money sitting around. The money they want to send to Ukraine, for good or bad, is all borrowed. We can't afford to even pay for the stamp, Social Security. That consumes almost all the tax revenue. Everything else is borrowed, a trillion and a half each year. And so this just—it just it just isn't fiscally conservative to send money to other countries unless you take it from somewhere else in the budget and they're unwilling to pay for it.
3: Senator Paul, what do you think about the? I think it's seventeen billion dollars that is supposed to go to Israel. Uh, people are asking. Um, I, I've heard it, you know, more lately than I have in other other times where this issue has come up. Why are we sending so much money to a country that is a wealthy country?
6: I think the argument has some validity to it. Their per capita income rivals the United States. They're a country that actually hasn't asked for more aid. We give them two to three billion dollars a year every year. I will say, though, that even I compromised because they've been a good ally and said, even though I think we do have to worry about the dollars, I said, I'll vote for it. And I did support it paid for, take away the IRS, all that extra money they threw at the IRS billions of dollars and that's what Johnson did from the outset when he became speaker he put forward Israel aid paid for we brought it over here and we pushed it forward and forced to vote all Democrats voted against it because they despised so much of being paid for and uh, paying for it is a, it makes it to me at least more acceptable but I won't vote for it unpaid for even for Israel um, look I think we're a great ally I've visited Israel good people we have a lot of kinship and uh, But at the same time, we have to be concerned about our country and our debt, so it has to be paid for. And so this bill to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan will be unpaid for.
7: When it
3: comes to these uh, these different funding issues, what do you think is the best realistic outcome from your perspective, given where we are with all the supplementals and the wrangling around it? <laughs>
6: I think the main thing is not to capitulate on the border. This first vote, we're sticking together and saying the border bill's inadequate, doesn't shut down the border, and it won't do anything other than give political cover for Biden. That we're sticking together on. But for the Republicans, and this is what I said at lunch, for the Republicans who are going to go along with Chuck Schumer and Biden on the second vote, it's actually going to be an identical vote. If you look at the vote, we're going to vote on a shell to get on a bill. It's not really a bill. So we voted against the shell because they were going to put the border and the Ukraine money together. We didn't like the border bill. It was inadequate. They're going to vote about 30 minutes later on the exact same bill, but then they're going to say, oh, no, we're going to put a replacement on a clean bill with just Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan money. But uh, the best outcome is don't give up on the border fight. We still should be, and we should talk about endlessly about Biden has gotten rid of all of the provisions that Trump used to control the border, and that the law is the same. How come Trump could control the border and Biden can? What power does he need? And if we were to give new powers, they have to be powers that acknowledge the emergency already exists. It shouldn't be that you wait for 1.8 million more people to come in before you say, oh, well, if we had more than 5,000 a day, then we're at an emergency. One illegal is an emergency. And the bill was worse than that. It said when you got to 5,000 a day, we'd stop the illegal border crossings, but we'd still allow migrants to come through the ports of entry. So there'd be no limit. Another, all 5,000 more could come through the port of entry instead of illegal. All this does is pushes them from the illegal entry to the legal entry, but still doesn't mean we should accept or can take, you know, a couple million migrants every year.
3: Senator Rand Paul, everybody. Senator, appreciate your time, sir. Come back soon. Thanks, guys. You know, uh, Clay had to uh, head out. Apparently there is a football game going on this weekend everyone so that's a thing that's happening um so he's uh hopping on on a plane so i got the rest of the hour solo we want to take your calls 800-282-2882 you know the irs has already started accepting tax returns from 2023 last monday was the first official day for people anticipating a refund check i mean the sooner the better right you want to get that money that they took from you that you deserve But this is also a time for cyber hackers to steal that refund check. And it's so easy. What they do is they beat you to filing your own tax return. They file a bogus one in your name using information that they've stolen or somehow gotten their hands on via the dark web. They file the bogus return. They redirect the refund check to their dummy post office box. And you're left to sort it all out with the IRS. But there's something you can do to protect yourself. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. This is yet another example. Protecting yourself starts with signing up with LifeLock, the leaders in online identity theft protection. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, and when they see them online, they're in touch with you quickly. You decide if you need their help, and if you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Join now, save 25% off your first year with my name, Buck, as your promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com. Use promo code Buck for 25% off.
4: Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton.
5: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Reality podcast.
0: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hey guys, welcome back. It's Buck, uh, solo for a bit here. Play on the way to the airport for this game of football that is being played on Sunday that many people will be watching. Um, I'll probably end up watching on the plane home from, uh, giving a speech. Um, they wisely reached out to me. The Super Bowl weekend, who, who's going to give a speech that's going to do a great job and doesn't care very much about the Super Bowl? That would be yours truly. Um, but, uh, it's amazing that there are all these people out there who are already coming to conclusions about what Tucker's interview with Putin has done or, you know, the ups, the downs, the, uh, pluses, the minuses. It hasn't been released, at least I haven't seen it. I don't think they've put it up yet. We know that other people, you know, Barbara Walters and uh, i was looking at, you know, I'm sure other you know, big international TV news anchor types uh, have sat down with Putin many times in the past. And so what's the big deal? I mean, here is uh, someone from Puck News, which I had not heard of until now, telling us that tucker is doing misinformation and disinformation for the kremlin play 21
1: I think what's really shocking is the way he kind of just walks right into Moscow and presents himself on a silver platter to the Kremlin, doing the Kremlin's job of misinforming, disinforming the American population. Putin, from the very beginning of this war, has angled to basically create a bridge to American right-wingers and conservatives like Tucker Carlson, saying that he's fighting gender-neutral bathrooms in Ukraine, saying that he's fighting queer gender roles in Ukraine, basically sign- to them that there's an ideological affinity and that i'm your guy
3: how can you judge an interview that you haven't seen i mean it's it's remarkable isn't it because these are people who are still clinging to this fiction of journalism as a neutral professional endeavor that is about truth telling and speaking truth to power as we know Journalism, much like sociology, is a discipline devoted to the elevation of left-wing ideas. That's it. That's really what it is. All the rest is either lies or window dressing. Um, But I would think that if you're going to lecture people on journalism, you should at least wait to see the thing. You know, when I tell you that the Barbie movie is terrible, I tried to watch it. Notice that I didn't say it's terrible before watching it. That wouldn't really be fair. So, And yet, for those of you who even disagree with me about Masters of the Air, which is not as bad as Barbie, but given the subject matter and how good it should be, it's pretty bad. I've watched it, right? How can you criticize something that you have no knowledge of? And I understand they're trying to set the tone here so that Tucker can't win, right? No matter what he says, they've already convinced as many people as possible that his uh, mission in Moscow is somehow something other than Getting to the truth, or at least exposing people to what Putin really thinks—you know—that's something that was always a debate, even in the days uh, of my time at the CIA and fighting Al Qaeda, which was the mission. Uh, I left when it stopped to be a counterterrorism mission. It's worth noting: people are, like, "How could you ever work there?" Because trying to find Bin Laden and his co-conspirators and uh, blow them up um, was a very straightforward mission that was actually quite bipartisan for a few years um but nonetheless understanding what the enemy thinks is important to really know what the enemy thinks now i'm not as convinced as other people that there's uh, nothing but downside from putin and from russia in general keep in mind we've tried to uh destroy their economy because of this invasion of ukraine and have failed um and we were told by people who are the same people telling you that they will sweep across the russians will sweep across all of europe unless we have an open-ended uh, support for the Ukrainian uh, war against or, you know, fighting back against the Russian invasion, uh, they were entirely wrong about what would happen with Russia's economy. So I think it's worth taking into account if they're going to be our great strategists going forward. MyPillow.com is where all the great deals are right now. The team at MyPillow is putting together a... Uh, way of saying thank you for supporting them for all these years. All their best products are on sale, as well as overstock items with discounts of 50% or more. So if you want to give your home a refresh, take advantage right now. Sheets, towels, slippers, pillows and mattress toppers. In fact, Ginger has outgrown her little dog bed already, so we have a medium dog bed from My Pillow on the way because Ginger's fancy. She likes her My Pillow product. When you buy their products during the sale, you get a free shipping and 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to check out everything. For the sale prices and the free shipping offer, make sure you use our names, Clay and Buck, as your promo code. That's MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special square and use promo code Clay and Buck. Welcome back in, everyone. We're talking here about the funding of uh ukraine israel and the border and how democrats are still trying to figure out some way to push this through in the senate Uh, it's, it's not going to happen this is all gamesmanship brinksmanship it is political posturing so with that in mind let's take a look at what's really happening here um first of all Why do they want to tie Ukraine aid and Israel aid together? These are entirely separate conflicts. They really have nothing to do with each other. And it would seem an opportunity for all the Democrats out there to show their uh, solidarity with the state of Israel in this moment, because they claim that they are every bit as supportive of Israel as the Republican Party. This is an election year, so people will have an easier time remembering what happens. And it's not just an election year. It is months after the uh, heinous terror attack, the worst terror attack since 9-11 uh, of October 7th on Israel. And this should be very easy, very straightforward for Democrats, right? Why do they want to couple these issues together so that there's no accountability, right? So you can vote. Yes, if you're a Democrat and say, oh, well, it's for Ukraine funding. Well, wh- what would you have voted on the Israel funding? Why not have that as a separate issue? Uh, well, we, we know why, right? I think it's important to, that we remember why that is. Kamala Harris was just earlier this week interrupted when she was speaking by a bunch of, you know, pro Hamas, pro Palestinian protesters this is uh, cut 23 play it
1: right as many of us know and many of you may know i started it's okay.
0: thank you
1: Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you all. And we know in a healthy democracy, we value the freedom of all people to be heard. But right now we are talking about a different issue.
3: <laughs> she manages to be so unlikable and so condescending at the same time, right? You know, she really is. She's the, she's the assistant dean. Of the of uh, of discipline at the high school that nobody in the school respects, and she's just sort of telling everybody to be quiet, or they're all going to go to detention. Um, but she was having uh, you know pro Hamas uh, protesters there. Um, n- notice one thing I, I want to speak about: coupling and decoupling for a second. People will say, "No, they're not pro Hamas; they're pro Palestinian." Well, then are they anti Hamas? What can it be? If Hamas is the elected government of the Palestinian people in Gaza then to say you're pro-Palestinian, where do you stand on Hamas? Yay or nay? Thumbs up, thumbs down. They're just trying to evade, once again, they're trying to make it seem as though one has nothing to do with the other, but of course it has everything to do with the other. Um, And the people who will say, oh, I'm just concerned about Palestinian civilian casualties, they're not concerned about, Israeli civilian casualties, and they're certainly not concerned about Muslim casualties and other conflicts across the Middle East that far outstrip in numbers and viciousness anything that the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces have done to the Palestinians. So the whole thing is a fraud is the point, right? I mean, they, they are pro Hamas. They are, they are rooting for Hamas in this conflict with Israel. They have to be. Otherwise, why not just say it? We only, we're only supporting the Palestinian people And we think that Hamas should go as well. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? That's not what they say. I'm bringing all this up, though, because this is why the Democrats are trying to tie these bills together. They're trying to make sure that they don't have their members, the Senate and the House, on record, voting in favor of something that could only be money for Israel. Right? If it's just money for the state of Israel, there's no way to spin that. If you are a representative with, let's say, I don't know, a lot of Muslim Americans in your district who are very unhappy with the notion of the $17 billion going to Israel, as well as the Biden administration's sort of supportive but also backstabbing policy when it comes to Israel. You see, that's what's going on here. They don't want you to know. Well, we all know. They don't want the American people to clearly see where the Democrat Party stands on this, which is having it both ways. They want to be both supportive of Israel and supportive of the Palestinians, Hamas. And that's the whole game. And you say, well, how can they manage that? They have a uh, a uh not just compliant but complicit media that wants to help them in every way possible uh, to achieve this, and they probably will get away with it. That's the part that's so frustrating, because people who are attuned already know. Uh, they already know that there is a pro-Hamas caucus within the Democrat Party. They already know that the anti-Semitism in America today, the real and virulent anti-Semitism that exists, is overwhelmingly on the left. And it's overwhelmingly on the left, not just because of the victimology narrative that is effectively... Uh, everything when you're talking about the Palestinian community on college campuses, but also because, as we've discussed from the very beginning, in the left-wing, intersectional view of the world, Jews are white. And because Jews are white and they are more powerful uh, in with their military in Israel than the predominantly brown and Muslim Palestinians, they view it as a racial conflict. They view it as an issue of race. They think of Israel Palestine as almost an extension of BLM. Even the Palestinians aren't black. Doesn't matter. Non-white. Non-white. And as we've discussed, there are even black Jews, but this, the, the problem with knowing stuff is that you become more and more frustrated with the left on everything because their positions are only possible through ignorance, lies and distraction. Certainly true with regard to uh, how they approach the state of Israel and foreign policy. Um, it's also true when you look at what their plans are for Ukraine to keep saying. So the plan is just to keep funding it until when, until whenever. Well, that sounds like a forever war to me that the taxpayers, we just talked to Rand Paul about this and in the, in the, earlier this hour are, are going to be on the hook for. Maybe there should be a strategy. What, what have we learned from? Our time in Iraq, our time in Afghanistan, just staying and throwing trillions of dollars uh, after the support of the status quo is not a strategy. This is a lesson that I would hope that we unfortunately learned at the tremendous cost of blood and treasure in those countries. But it's a lesson that I would hope that we apply going forward. We apply it on foreign policy. Apply it on on all issues. If you don't, if the government does not have a stated mission that is something it can accomplish, if it's going to lie about what the mission is, if it doesn't know what the mission is, everybody should be asking questions. And this conflation of all the different uh, funding streams here—the border and 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 Israel and uh, and uh, Ukraine. It's And I think Taiwan, too, right? I mean, this is all meant to subvert the will of the people expressed through their elected representatives because they're just lying to you. They're evading accountability. They're doing everything possible to make sure that the people who are supposed to vote for them don't know what they are doing. It's a way of hiding out in public. That's why they tie all this stuff together. That's why... Things that have nothing to do with each other. Oh, well, I didn't vote for A. I voted for A, B, or C. And that's why they have to put A, B, and C on the same bill. It's a dodge. It's a fraud. You see it, I see it, but um, Democrats may get away with it on Ukraine and, and Israel. I don't think they'll be able to get away with it on the border. I think that finally it has reached the point of of critical mass When it comes to the numbers, when it comes to the public opinion that has shifted in response to the obvious reality of endless illegal immigration flows into this country, uh, there's a, there's a panic among Democrats. They can smile. They can do the Chuck Schumer and smile for the cameras and lie and smear and lie. Um, that will work for 30 or 40% of the country. It's not going to work for the 65% or 70% of the country that knows The whole thing with the border under Biden is is a disaster. And they're lying to you about it, too. You know, I I would have more respect for Democrats if they would just be willing to say to the American people, you know what, this is, why have a border? Why not let anybody who wants to come into the country come into the country? The more the merrier. They just say that and see how the people who vote for them and therefore give them power feel about it. No, instead, it's just all double talk and garbage and lies and misdirection. Oh, we want a secure border and we're going to let 5,000 a day in, but we want a secure border. And the 5,000 we're letting in are all coming in illegally. Uh, well, the president can undo all this if he just decides to, but don't worry. It's going to, it's a scam. It's a scam. And the only hope of it stopping is people in power, a president in power a year from now who's going to do something about it. Democrats won't. Everything else they say to you about it, it's just it's just noise. It's just distraction. You know, there are some very worthy causes out there. Um, and then there are causes that are truly life or death. Every day, the team of incredibly caring and dedicated people at Preborn's Network of Clinics rescue 200 babies' lives. They do that by introducing a pregnant mother to her child on ultrasound. When that happens, a baby's chance of survival doubles. Preborn operates as a nonprofit, using your donations to staff and provide these services to pregnant women, making a decision between life and abortion. Saving 200 babies is truly mi- miraculous, but their work has only begun. So would you please, the pro-life community listening to me right now, join me in this and make a donation to Preborn so they can have the biggest baby-saving year in their history. An ultrasound cost is $28. $140. We'll cover five ultrasounds, which dramatically increase the chances of life for five tiny babies. Just dial pound 250 from your current phone. That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby. Pound 250. Say baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Geek out with
4: the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast.
8: Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the
0: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We're going to be closing up shop here on Clay and Buck for the day. Um, great time to remind you to subscribe to the podcast of the show. Also, uh, YouTube. Um, go check out the Buck Brief on YouTube, which is just the podcast that we're doing here uh, after the show. You've also got... Uh, you've also got the Carol Markowitz show and Tudor Dixon. So uh, please subscribe and uh, check those out. Listen to those shows. Tell your friends, too. We have no better evangelists for what we do here on Clay and Buck than all of you out there. Plus the Sunday hang for laughs. Usually it's uh, when Clay and I are, are squabbling over who's going to be the Democrat nominee or something like that. Just kidding. We We talk about all kinds of stuff there. Movies, movie decisions um and uh our movie reviews rather so yeah um let's see i'm trying to pull up uh where where did it go with the uh who's calling in guys you got me on the calls we cliff sorry i'm trying to read this off my phone here cliff what have you got for us hey buck this is uh
6: cliff i'm calling from new orleans
3: So what with the first? Let's start with the first one. You're asking me what redress does a citizen have against the government for what? For,
6: for what they're doing right now? Like, do we have any legal recourse?
3: No. Can we I mean, legal. Think about this. Legal recourse would mean going through the process of the courts, and the courts are full of now. There are some good judges, and a lot of that is from Trump. Um, but uh, the the reality is, you're still going through the system and you're going to come up across a lot of progressive far-left-wing justices or judges in that process. So, no, I mean, just as a general matter, like, you can't just sue the government because you're upset. You're not going to win. You're going to waste your time, and you'll get uh, – they'll they'll shoot that down. As for Soros' involvement, honestly, I'd have to go back and, and see – you know, Soros um, is perhaps most famous for doing tremendous damage to – some foreign currencies um and and effectively running them into the ground, betting against uh various currencies and making a ton of money from the economic misery that he induced in those places. Uh in terms of Ukraine, I'd have to go back and look and see what the I'm not saying there isn't, I just you're you're catching me on an on an issue where I want to make sure that I'd have the facts line up before I would speak on it. I mean the biggest problem Ukraine has is or I should say the, the biggest mistake that was made in retrospect was the Budapest Memorandum where you had Ukraine after the fall of the Berlin Wall, the collapse of the Soviet Union, third most nuclear armed state on the planet. I don't think anyone's going to invade with that being the case, but Ukraine, trying to be a good guy, said, uh, okay, I'll trust the UK, Russia, that was a mistake, and the United States in the Budapest Memorandum to protect our territorial sovereignty in, res- in, uh, Exchange for giving up our nukes. That was, that was not a thing that they would repeat most likely. Um, but that's, that's all true. You go back and look at that. It's pretty remarkable. Uh, John in
7: Texas. What have you got for us, John? Yeah. Thanks for taking my call. So, uh, Buck, earlier in, uh, on the broadcast, when Clay said that he thought it was indefensible for Nikki Haley to continue running, it got me thinking there is one scenario that I think it really is in her best interest to continue. And that is, as we get up to the convention, uh, should Trump be convicted by that point? Even and look, I'm a Trump su- a Trump supporter, but I would have serious heartburn trying to vote for someone who has been convicted. I think it would just compromise him uh, and distract really? him from being able to leave. Wait, wait, yeah, hold on. I this is this so. this is the interesting part to me. You are a Trump voter.
3: You voted for him twice before. You're ready to vote for him again. But if he's convicted, you would change your mind.
7: I uh, only because uh, I have to separate my idealistic self from my practical self and my practical self. Maybe, you know, going down the, the road of compromise is that I think Nikki could be presented as a cleaner solution to keep a, 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 a Republican or to get a Republican back in, in the White House. I think that you'd have maybe some sympathetic Democratic voters who don't want to vote for the old guy that may be swayed. But more importantly, I think within the Republicans, uh, that we could be into, in getting ourselves into mired into a really, uh, bad. All right. Uh, I got,
3: I got to leave it there. We're at the end of the show, but thank you. Um, I think our friend there is thinking about this a little too in depth. Uh, it's going to be Trump v. Biden. Take it to the bank, everybody.